Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Megan, and Jesse coming at you live on a Monday today. Almost the end of August already. Um, yeah, summer's almost over, which is, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm at, yeah. I'm at the point where I'm ready to be done <laughs> with not having hockey. So... <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what we got for you over the next couple of weeks. Should be some some interesting shows to say the least. On today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, the most underrated and overrated players in the NHL. In our opinions, I want to be clear: underrated and overrated is a very opinionated topic that people are going to wildly disagree on. So we'll see exactly how people feel about some of our, our takes here. So it should be fun one. Looking forward to it. There hasn't really been any news in the NHL, at least not any significant news. Uh, I did want to want to touch on this really quickly just as we continue to keep things up to date, as it were. Uh, still a couple of guys out there that could be interesting for the Avs, including... Uh, Rodriguez what are what are your guys expectations at this point do you expect the Avs to continue to explore their options or do you expect them to kind of just hold firm into the season I think they're done that simple huh (laughs) yeah I mean you made it this far obviously there's anything out there they liked they would be acting on it um you're this close your options are your options you know what they are you know who they are you know, Stasny's off the board, Kadri's off the board. What else are you kind of pondering? You know what I mean? Unless they're going to go make a deal, which I also don't really see them doing either at this point. I think as soon as the rumors of Kadri to the Islanders cropped up, that would have been the time I expected the Avs to do something when there was a little more certainty that Kadri was moving. And because they didn't, that's why I don't think that they're going to do anything now especially seeing where Stasny and Kessel ended up and the price points that they chose ended on. I, I feel like if there was an opportunity that the Avs were looking for, they would have been able to get it done by now if they wanted it. It's a good point. It's not like these guys are getting paid a ton of money. Um, so nothing, you think totally nothing? They won't even nibble around the edges like a 7th D or something like that? Why spend the money? Fair enough. Just, just, just hold on to that. It's going to give you more flexibility as the season gets going. And, and again, like I'm, this isn't me saying this is going to happen. But if you're already at this point, why not just leave Miko there? And I don't know, maybe he surprises you and fills that role nice and you ch- kind of can shift what you're looking for. Again, I'm not saying Miko's going to come out and solidify himself as a bona fide 2C. But, you know, if he comes out and you're happy with what he gives you, Landis God can chip in. Uh, help out. Maybe you like what you see out of New Hook, and you're like, "Cool, yep, this is what we were hoping for." By the end of this season, started next. New Hook can slide in there. I just think if you're at this point, why? Like, there's nothing like what moves the needle for you out there that's worth spending money on. I I hear what you're saying, but also if you get a month into the season and the Avs have two defensemen that are hurt, they might be wishing. Yeah, but I guess my point that, is but... the, the options are going to be the same then you know a small little trade eh. 
Yeah. I mean, certainly it's not going to be a significantly impact player. That's I, I, I agree with you there. I don't need them to copy paste exactly what they did last season, but I could see like a Jack Johnson PTO type player coming through in camp. And hopefully if there is some kind of concern on D that could be where they get some resolution. Yeah, sure. But I, at this point, especially uh, the PTO route would probably make a lot of sense. Certainly on the, on the defensive side, Um, maybe a little bit more flexibility on the forward side to actually bring in a contract, but you know, again, they haven't shown any sense of urgency in doing anything there. So this may be uh, maybe what we're looking at for the team going into the season. And, you know, no doubt in season they'll make adjustments as necessary. But should be uh, should be an interesting one, which, you know, funnily enough, we actually talked about starting to work on our uh, season previews today off air. So it's probably still, you know, a month away, but something to start thinking about at very least. Uh, anyway. We can uh, we can get into the main topic of today's show, which I if any of you have very strong feelings about a player, I'm, I'm opening it up. It, it, who do you think is the most under or overrated player in the league? Megan, I I could more easily come up with an underrated player. Um, Go for it. I have talked about Mitch Marner on other shows before, so he was my player for this show and seeing people in chat even the graphic for tapes for the preview there's so many more underrated players that I wasn't even thinking of and I went outside of the abs too and I was thinking about both over and underrated but Mitch Marner the short version is for similar reasons that sometimes Miko Rantanen gets slept on as a player I think Mitch Marner is also buried by such high-end talent around him in Toronto And I also think that fan base specifically is really critical and has high expectations of its players that sometimes I think Marner's talents aren't always recognized because he does continue to get better every single year. Um, The production is there. It's trending in the right direction. He's even improved defensively. So there's just a lot of things to like about him. I know there's been a couple playoff appearances where he's been quieter, but the regular season and what the direction that he's trending in is really great for him and I, I think that he deserves more credit this is not the conversation i thought we were going to start the show with but definitely one that i wanted to get into when you talk about some of these players in these extremely popular hockey markets when you get into toronto's uh montreal's places like that you see Uh, judgments are extremely black and white in these markets where if a player makes some mistakes, they're immediately buried for it. They it's so, so hard to recover in these markets. Once you have been given this label of, of a a failure in that organization or or whatever you want to put it as. So I, I do think that does have a big effect on it. Like you said, Marner is well over a point per game player in his career, which is over 400 games at this point. He's been a dominant offensive player. Um, Obviously, the 2021 playoffs, he was kind of a scapegoat for that team. Um, And yeah, with Matthews, with with Nylander, with some of those other guys there, maybe doesn't get some of the credit he deserves. But more than anything, I think it's just you've seen public opinion swayed on a guy because of how harsh the media has been on him. Yeah, I mean, that that playoff round, like, I don't know, 
fan bases always look like you said for the for the scapegoat, someone to like blame it on, and it's always just silly because yeah. you know stuff like that. Oh, almost never can you point to like one person and be like, yeah, that's on you. Um, like yeah, he you know he he got maybe some him him and Matthews got some well deserved criticism. Uh, you know, for just the, the that particular playoff run, I I'm with you guys though. I thought it way went overboard in terms of what they actually did. Um, another guy that I don't know if he's necessarily like my like most underrated, but another one that I think just kind of falls into that same category on that same team is William Nylander. When you're just talking about two guys that are unbelievably skilled and talented and at any moment can kind of take over a game. Like they have Nylander and Marner have that ability. And yeah, like you said, Megan, I don't know if it's the market he plays in the, the, the players they're surrounded by or, or what um, that <laughs> causes some people to think that they aren't you know, playing to, to their fullest ability. These are both guys that are big point producers. Um, there's always going to be ebbs, ebbs and flows to players seasons and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think maybe these are two guys that are jarred, uh, judge a little harshly and like William Nylander, I feel like we've heard about in like rumor mills for years. And it's like, why are you in such a hurry to get rid of a guy like that? Like I get if, if you're needing to make a move and improve your team, but like, these are both guys that, I feel like we've heard of in the past that Toronto fans are, are eager to get rid of um, and, and they're both really, really high end players. So, I mean, I don't necessarily know if you consider that to be like underrated in the league, but uh, those are two guys who I feel like maybe get judged a little bit more harshly than, uh, than, than what they should, you know, like they're extremely good, very talented players. I said well over a point per game for Marner. People, for some reason, don't think that's quite good enough, though. I think it's it's similar to the conversations we've even had about Andre Burakovsky. It's the type of production that, if it's not in your lineup, it is going to be hard to replace out of nowhere. And my overrated player is another top-line winger, and I think when you compare side-by-side, side, not every top-line winger is created equally. And so that's why someone like Marner means so much to his team, because not every team has a top-line wing that can contribute as much as Marner does. And I think that they're not created equally. It's Jamie Ben. That's my overrated yeah. player. <laughs> is he overrated or is he just bad now? I don't know. <laughs> He's just old. Like he is aging, but I even look at a side-by-side -side comparison, which isn't fair because they're completely different players. And it just to have a franchise player, it's, which is what I would consider Jamie Ben to Dallas. It doesn't, really impressed me much i mean jamie ben is like the fear right that you see jamie ben and you're like boy i sure hope landis gog's contract doesn't end up like that now granted landy's making significantly less but you're looking at player type winger power forward that type of player and i think a lot of people don't realize how far off the cliff jamie ben has fallen one, yeah, because no one awesome. watches Dallas because they're a horribly boring team. But right. Jesse, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just, I was just gonna kind of add to what you're saying. Like, I, just, <laughs> I think we maybe underrate just how hard <laughs> Jamie Ben yeah. fell off. Like, like he, I mean, he really was. Granted, that year he won the Art Ross was 
it was like the like historically low scoring and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, like JD Ben, like he was, he was very good. I mean, really high end, really highly skilled power forward. Uh, you know, could finish, was mean. And then it was just like one year he showed up to training camp. It was like, oh yeah, none of that anymore. Yeah, just none of it. He hasn't even hit 20 goals in the last three seasons. Now, granted, some of those are shorter seasons, but still. Still. The production's prime. Bad. Had three 30-point seasons in 13 years. Yeah. Yikes. And defensively, he's just gotten worse, too. It's just not great for him. I, I mean, he's he can't skate very well anymore, either. It's... It's not good. It, it's not good for a guy that, again, it, it's it, part of this conversation is contract too. If Jamie Ben was making six million dollars, you'd be like, oh, you know, he's definitely falling off, but whatever. But he's making nine and a half. Well, like I, I'm sure he is still like a great guy in the room, and like I'm sure everyone loves him. Uh, so, like you know, I'm sure that's the stuff that's hard for us to see and appreciate, but. To, to your point, Rudo, of yeah, if this is a four and a half million dollar guy. You're like, yeah, you can live with the dip in production because he means so much to the team. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge contract that you're paying for the production and the on ice results. And like the extra, st- like the locker room stuff is supposed to be extra with a guy like Jamie Ben. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I, I like that pick. As, as like maybe a most overrated and I would even maybe say like a, <laughs> a most misremembered of who this player actually is. Cause I feel like that's where you get a lot of the overrated guys is they did it once. So they did it for a couple of years and now everyone just assumes that's who they are now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, been a rough, rough ride there for old Jamie Ben. It's so I think too. Oh, he's, I even have concerns about his captaincy because I think as a team, Dallas appears uninspired, especially looking at last season and even seeing Tyler Sagan's play fall off. It's kind of like this is collectively happening and he's at the helm. And so it's just really hard to feel inspired by Jamie Ben. Uninspired is a phenomenal way to describe that last year Dallas team. Do you guys remember the, I was like having like an aneurysm watching those that team play down the stretch. It's like they're giving it to you. They Vegas doesn't want it. They don't want to be in the playoffs. They're giving it to you. And if you, I said this a thousand times, like if you straight up told me that the Dallas Stars got together and like, hey guys, we just want to get into summer. We don't want to make the playoffs. I would have believed you with the way that they looked on the ice coming down the stretch there. So I, I'm with you. I, I don't know. Maybe you do have to start. Looking at that, is is this a problem? Like, ha- has in the same way that coaches can lose a room, like has Jamie Ben lost lost I mean, that kind of leadership voice? Like we saw them do it in L.A. It's it's funny, right? Because it does feel like Dallas's entire team is on the knife's edge. Joe Pavelski's thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, They're, they've already lost Radulov this off season. They have a number of guys. Ryan Suter, thirty seven. It just you worry about the rest of their team taking a dive off the cliff the way Jamie Ben has. Yeah, and 
honestly, and this one's even more injuries and, and, you know, I'm not trying to like pile onto the guy, but like Tyler Sagan, he's another one that, wow, has that been a, a, a rough decline? And he's another guy who, you know, is a leader, is supposed to be a leader in the room. And yeah, you just kind of step back and you look at that room and it's like, yeesh, are things starting to kind of unravel a bit there? I saw, since we're on Dallas anyway, chat saying Miro Haskinen underrated. Yes or no? See, and, and this is hard where I think you have to make your own determination of what you consider to be underrated. Because, like, I think I think Miro Heiskanen is a great defenseman. I think a lot of people see him as a really great defenseman. I think NHL Network just had him as, like, the inside the top ten in terms of defensemen. I just think it's hard for him right now because he happens to be right in the middle of a generation of like all world elite defensemen all over the league. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't really see him as underrated. I feel like we hear a lot about him and, um, and you know, I think a lot of people like him. It's just, uh, yeah, you're, you're right now you're competing with, uh, you know, Fox and McCarr and Hedman, you know, Yossi almost had a hundred points last year. It's, uh, in my opinion, I think people see him pretty accurately. I thought it was a good submission in chat because he wasn't even someone I considered when I was thinking of this list, but because I was looking at Dallas a little more closely because Sagan and Ben were both kind of in my over category, um, and seeing that he's only 23, I can actually see too, if he's able to emerge as a young promising star in a defensive system in Dallas isn't necessarily the place where you're going to shine. I think that deserves some proper credit too. That I guess I think a lot of Dallas goes to the wayside because of where they're at as a team right now. So I don't know if nationally he gets the recognition he deserves or not, but I do think it's a credit to him as a player that he's been able to make an impact defensively on a struggling Dallas team. So maybe not underrated, but poised to emerge. Yeah, definitely. He, he's on the cusp of that, in my opinion. He's on the cusp of that next tier uh, of defenseman. I really do. I think he can get there. I really like Miro Haskin, but he's he's just right under that. Like I said, McCarr, Adam Fox, Victor Hedman. Um, and I do I think he could break into that class? Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's that good. Uh, it's always going to be hard for him, though, because he was taken one pick ahead of Kale McCarr. So he's yeah. always going to have to battle that. Yeah, the uh, those things stick with you as much as I think it's stupid that they do. But, mm-hmm. uh, there are some more defensemen I want to talk about. But first, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, who are turning 32 years old coming up in October. And they're throwing a big party. They're calling it the Hootenanny. It's going to be a whole weekend long festival uh, with food, beer, music, all the good stuff, a bunch of games as well. It's down at their Littleton location uh, you've got to go check this stuff out. They have some genuinely dope acts coming on, including the Spin Doctors. They have some local bands like Railroad Earth. So highly recommend you get over here, you get on it. You can go to events.seated.com slash hootenanny22 for more details on the event. That's events.seated.com slash hootenanny22. Hootenanny, H-O-O-T-E-N-A-N-N-Y-22. Uh, Breck's awesome. We always love them over here. The events they throw down at the farmhouse are sick. So 
if you haven't been to one, the Hootenanny is a great time to check it out. And it's right before the start of the, the hockey season. So a good way to kick things off, kind of. Uh, go check them out. Or you can go to breckbrew.com. They'll have some info over there for you, too. Also brought to you by Athletic Greens. I'm with the two biggest Athletic Greens people in the company on the show today. So it's, it's great product. It's just one scoop in your water every single morning with 75 vitamins and minerals to add for you. Probiotics, all sorts of other good stuff. Does it make you guys feel better? Does it wake you up? Does it get you going during the day? Or how does it work exactly? I just, I feel more like, like alert. Like I can, if, if, if it's one of those things where i got to get up and, you know, make sure I sit down and get this stuff knocked out. You know, we were talking in our meeting today. There's a few things that we're all putting together. Like I genuinely struggle to like get going with that kind of stuff in the morning and sit down first thing. Uh, so I, if, if I have my athletic greens, I'm being serious here. It just helps me feel a little bit more sharp. I can go sit down and be a little bit more focused in and dialed. I make the joke all the time. I imagine it has the same effect that coffee has for a lot of people. I am not a coffee person. Uh, so that's not how I like get a boost of energy in the morning. Uh, so yeah, this is, that's the closest thing that I can think that this would equate to Megan. I don't know if you are also a coffee person in addition to AG. Uh, but yeah, it, it really does it just kind of helps like, all right, cool. Shake the cobwebs out, sit down, let's get going. It just makes me feel more sharp is the best way I can put it. I think that's true because I am a sometimes coffee person and it doesn't give me an immediate boost necessarily, but it gives me a boost later in the day when you might hit that afternoon period where you start to feel a little bit of fatigue set in. I don't really find that happening anymore. So I think it just helps me to have more energy throughout the day. Even better. Even better. It'll energize you up. It's great for your immune system too. A lot of athletes use it as just part of their daily routine. They say it helps with workouts and things like that. So Go check it out today. You can go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to let them know we sent you over there. And when you order, of course, you can get a year's supply of vitamin D just for purchasing. So go over to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Can I add one thing to that? Go. The the immunity thing <laughs> really was this like really funny like test study with me and Rudo completely unintentional. Because yeah. we got sick like on the exact same day and there's no way it wasn't like at least some similar type of thing. Right, yeah. Uh, and while I was still down for like over a week, Rudo was out for like three straight weeks. Brutal, like just man. Yeah. Getting beat up. And we have conducted our own unofficial studies <laughs> and the results are in. It was because of athletic greens was the difference. There, so. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> make you that much more healthy when it comes to getting over a flu. Uh, Okay, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. My most overrated player is going to be a little weird, but stick with me on this one. <laughs> because I'm picking Roman Yossi. Ooh. And not saying he didn't deserve to be in second place in the Norse. Nope, but I like totally where you're going. I love your thought process here. Had a fantastic year. Deserves all the credit. Yada, yada, yada. But this is the same year that Nazem Kadri just had the same exact thing the dude just had a career here that he's never going to be able to repeat he's already 30 he's not getting any younger it's 32 even he's not even he's almost he turns 33 this season you look at the trajectory of his career and you're already starting to see some 50 point seasons creep in he's not going to be this obscenely productive defenseman that 
yes, he had a great year. Yes, he deserves the credit for that. But he's got a bunch of years left at $9 million. And Nashville's entire existence basically rides on him continuing to produce at that level. And I don't think, I just don't see it continuing. I, I think people look at his game and expect way too much out of him based on this season. I love that pick just because of it's what I said in, the, in, in our, in the, when we were talking about uh, Mitch Marner, like it all depends on how you de- define underrated. Cause I like, I'm with you there. Like even I, in that last one, we were talking about Miro Haskin and I listed off McCarr, Adam Fox, Victor Hedman. And then I said, Roman Yossi, even my own head. I was like, well, I don't really know if Roman Yossi belongs in that category with those guys. Cause like, really, I do feel like he is an example of someone who he had an unbelievable offensive season. No doubt. Roman Yossi is very, very good. I'm not saying he isn't. That doesn't yeah, mean he's not some, overrated though. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, he, he like, he did get put up to like, Oh, well he's just as good as Kale McCarr. He's just as good as Victor Hedman. It's like, no, <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> he's very good, but no, he he's not. Like, and, and so I'm with you. Like, that's a guy who I think is just the 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 reputation exceeds the actual product on the ice. Not saying the product on the ice isn't good, it's just not what the reputation is. Yeah, it's it, and you know you're right. Underrated and overrated is an extremely fast moving target, right? Yeah. Sure recency yeah. bias and otherwise has this very, very significant effect on, on how people view a player at any given moment. Yeah. So it, it is a hard target to really pin down for a player, but you know, I, I think we're starting to see some, some trends, certainly on the overrated guys. You look at how much they're getting paid and you look at their age and math starts to add up. Yeah. I think that's what, is tricky with Roman Yossi too is it's a singular season. It's hard to project that he can repeat that for much longer at 32. I wouldn't say it's an anomaly. It is a testament to the level of player that he is, but it would be hard to expect that level of play to persist after 32 for several seasons. Yeah. And it's just for, for me over overrated, underrated, it's just, you know, the conversation that you hear about him, because a lot of people, I remember a few years ago, uh, you know, in the early BSN days, and AJ and I had a conversation like this once. And one of the guys that I threw out was was Nick Backstrom uh, in, in terms of underrated. And, you know, I remember AJ saying like, no, I feel like I hear enough people talk about him and, and things like that. And for me, and, you know, not saying that he's wrong or whatever, like I view it as like, does what you hear in the conversation match the quality of player, right? Cause yeah. there's a thousand things that go into how much as a player talked about where the team's at in the standings, where they're geographically located. Um, you know, is there another star on the team? Um, you know, th- there's all kinds of things, but when the conversation is had about that player is what the majority of people is what they're saying relatively on par with you know how you view the the player that's how you in my head kind of determine if you think a player is over or underrated and roman yossi is one of those guys that i feel like when i hear people talk about him it's like wow we we watch the way he plays very differently 
Uh, and then my most overrated is actually on that same team, and it's my same issue. Not saying he's not a good player, but you would think he's got 700-point seasons the way people talk about Philip Forsberg. Yeah, he's always been a perennial underproducer, hasn't he? <laughs> well, dude, it's just, he's he's kind of like Cam Ward. Weird comparison. Same, same, but different kind of thing where it's like every goal that Philip Forsberg scores is sick as hell. And so you see him on the highlight reels, you know, every week. You're like, whoa, that's awesome. Then the end of the season comes and it's like, oh, 26 goals. Like, yeah, pretty good. A lot of them were dope, but man, you would have thought that he had 50 goals this year, the way that people talked about the way he scores goals and stuff. And it's before this year, his career high was 64 points. He's usually somewhere in the 50s. Uh, you know, couple 30 goal seasons. And obviously he had the, he had the big breakout this year, but so did everybody else on Nashville. Um, so that, that is just league wide. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, that's just, he's my guy in that same vein as, as Roman Yossi, where it's just like, yo, we're not saying this guy isn't good, but when people talk about him, the, the on ice production just does not match the reputation he's got as like a goal scorer. Well, that's Megan. We should have named the show after that. We should have done under or overrated. We should have done under or overdog. Under overdog. <laughs> <laughs> dog or no dog. Dog or um, no dog. Total side note this comment makes me laugh because it says, I love Sam Gerard, but I think we Avs fans overrate him. I think he's so vastly underrated by us. I agree. I agree. He's, he's he's so underrated that people actually think he's overrated. It's like when you're losing, you're you're so far behind, you actually think you're winning, kind of thing. Like he's the the exact opposite of Yossi and Forsberg, right? He just right. played his worst season of what's going to be the prime of his career. Yeah. Like, and and we, again, we talked about him last week, and and when all four of us run, we were saying, look, there are a dozen anywhere from half dozen to a dozen teams. Sam Gerard's a top pairing defenseman on those teams. Like almost half the league, they're dropping him on that top pair immediately, <laughs> immediately. And abs fans want to like run this dude out of town. I, I don't think people quite understand. I'm not saying Sam Gerard's kill the car. It's a very good defenseman. Very positionally sound, great skater. Uh, I think he is widely underrated. And the person saying I proved his point, no, I just proved my point. The Avs have had a handful of situations over the years where I think as a fan base, their expectations get skewed. Yep. Obviously in goal, you know anyone that was a fan in the nineties and early two thousands is like, okay, well you now compare every goalie to the greatest goalie of all time. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit unfair. <laughs> uh, you look at uh, Miko Ranton and Tyson Jost two tenth overall picks, but comparing them is, is not fair at all. Tyson Jost is much more in line with your average 10th overall pick. Uh, and, and now you, you take Sam Gerrard, which is like, yeah, he's not Kale McCarr. <laughs> But literally nobody is Kale McCarr. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think he came in, uh, whatever it was, now four years ago. Uh, you know, smaller guy, and he got off to a really good start. And, and I just, people think, people kind of just settled into like, oh, he's going to be the next 
you know, Tyson Berry, he's going to run all the power plays, score a bunch of points and, you know, drive offense like crazy. And because he's undersized, but again, he's just, he's positionally sound. He's not going to ever rock anybody, right? He's, he's going to lose battles in front of the net. You live with the, with the blemishes as you do with every player. Um, but I think for the most part, to Rudo's point, he just had his worst season. Like, wasn't great. Like, he, he wasn't good this year. You, you, you see if he bounces back next year, and if he doesn't, then maybe, yeah, this conversation changes a bit. But his track record in Denver has been very good, well above average, uh, stumbled a bit this year, and now we have people saying he's he's overrated. It's like, no, he's a, he's a very good middle-pairing defenseman. Very good. That would be a top-pairing guy uh, on a lot of other teams. I think it lends itself to, to your overrated pick as Forsberg is the value of Gerard when you look at the contracts of these two players. Yep. The value of Gerard because of his contract and you get a second pairing yep. defenseman on a team with really elite defensemen is yeah. really hard to overstate. It's just it speaks for itself in what Gerard brings to the table table compared to someone like Forsberg who you that team is paying a high price tag yeah. for a player that doesn't always show up. I you guys I we should do this as a poll uh today based on contract and player who would you rather have sam gerard or josh manson right now are you asking or do we want to do that as a poll well both (laughs) and sorry what was the start looking at the contract too yes including contract and player like all encompassing who would you rather have right now sam gerard or josh manson sam gerard same but I, I suspect a lot of people are going to answer that poll as Josh Manson. I could see it being divisive. The but best like part is that Joe Sakic said, Por que no los dos? And <laughs> right. you have them both. And they're probably going to plan a pairing together. And, and again, like, that almost even, like, just drives home. Like, you found a great partner for him. Like, Josh Manson and Sam Gerrard were really good before Gerrard got hurt. Um, you, you found a really nice combination there uh, again, Gerard's still really young and Mag- Megan, I'm glad you brought up the contract. Cause that's one thing that I remember I started laughing last year. People are like, Oh man, can you believe the contract? We still have Gerard signed to it's like, no, but not in the way that you're complaining. I cannot believe the abs have a 23, 24 year old top four defenseman signed long-term for $5 million. Like it's just, go out there into the market and find that equivalent and, you know, see if you can get that kind of value. You can't. All right. Uh, we are brought to you by FOCO. You can go over to FOCO.com today to get all of your Colorado sports merch. At this point, uh, Broncos fever is, is basically reaching its, its breaking point as they're what, 15 days away from the regular season starting now. 14 is it two weeks uh so that's gonna be a thing get used to it it's uh it's always been a broncos city so if you want broncos merch they can cover you head to toe over at foco of course if you want other merch not the biggest broncos fan they got you covered there too with all the big four they have rapids they've got buff stuff so whatever you're looking for they can make sure you're covered you can use code dnvr when you check out online at foco.com to get 10 percent off your order whether it's merch or bobbleheads or hats or Crocs, which I don't, everyone I know is like obsessed with Crocs again. I don't get it, but 
Bro, put them on and you'll get it. I, they're not <laughs> comfortable. I don't get they're so, it. They're so comfy. They're like, great if you're walking. They're great if you're walking or standing all day. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, go sorry. to Foco. Go get whatever you want from them. And once you've got your sweet merch, make sure you can watch the sports that you like with Avaca TV. You can go to avaca.tv slash Colorado 10. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash Colorado 10 to get TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months and only 25 bucks a month after that. It's got Altitude. It's got AT&T Sportsnet. It's got the national channels. It also comes with the NFL Network and a bunch of other movie and TV channels for 60 channels total that have you completely covered for all your TV watching and sports watching needs. So go check out Avaca today. They've been great for us forever. They also were a big part of the Nuggets guys getting over to Serbia, and they're producing a whole documentary about that. So all the people that want to see the craziness of the life that the Nuggets guys got to live over in Serbia it's going to be super duper awesome, exclusive to Avaca at first. So be sure to get on Avaca if you want to watch that thing. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I saw an interesting one to talk about from Adam up here. I can't find the comment, but he brought up Philip Grubauer's name. Over or underrated? That is the question. <laughs> I'm assuming overrated. Is he? This one is just really tough for me because I think you probably could have made the case for him being overrated after his Avs tenure, but his reputation took such a big knock by the end of that Vegas series. Yeah. And then obviously this last season, I, I couldn't get any worse, right? Like, well, he was always he was always a really interesting one because I mean he he was one of the the goalies who you know we see it every few years. The Avs are trying their luck at it again with uh, Georgiev, right? Where hey, this is a guy that is stuck in a backup role. Once he gets a starting job, you know we'll we'll take over. And I mean, Grubauer had a lot of signs that pointed to that he was capable of doing that, whether it be international play. Uh, the year the Caps won the cup, he really kind of stole the job from Braden Holpe, uh, you know, until the playoffs uh, really got going. Uh, but, you know, then he came to Colorado right as they were on that upswing and he settled into the net and he went from being this guy who had huge upside that everyone was dreaming on to, Oh, well, he's just behind a stacked team. And so I, I, I feel like Phil Grubauer went really rapidly from really underrated. This is the neck, one of the next great goalies, you know, to come out of being a backup to very quickly. He was overrated. He's behind a stacked team and you know, wherever he goes next, he's going to get lit up. And then unfortunately for him, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> He went to Seattle and just got torched. And the worst part is for him, you can't even really be like, oh, well, it was because Seattle was so bad. Like when you dive into the numbers, it's like, well, was he was bad because fun. Seattle was bad? Yeah. Or was, did Seattle lose a lot of games because Philip Grubauer was horrible? Not good. It was not good. So he's, he's someone who I actually think has been on both sides of the spectrum. Is that equal appropriately rated then? <laughs> I think he's rated, right. <laughs> I think all, he's a better goaltender 
last season, but is he yeah, best that caliber season? Probably not. Probably somewhere in between. Yeah. Yep. Very reasonable take there. Uh, Jesse, did you have an underrated player? Underrated? Oh, yeah, I get my overrated. Um, You know, man, it's 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 hard for me. One of my – without I, – I didn't do too much digging into underrated. Um, TJ Oshie's a name that's always come to mind for me in this category. Maybe not necessarily, you know, as much as he was a few years ago. Um, but especially after he got to Washington, I always felt like his game kind of took that, that next step. Um, and in, in my opinion, I just never felt like people gave him that full credit. He was always just kind of still viewed as the guy that he was in St. Louis who, you know, he's talked about um, part of that was like a product of the system that they were asking him to do stuff that he had never, uh, you know, really had never really been part of his game and to abandon other parts of his game uh, to, to try to buy into something new and how, when he got to Washington, they just kind of said, no, we, we acquired you for you to be you uh, go out and do it. And I feel like just we, as, as like a hockey community never really caught up with that and, and gave the appreciation for that, that it, that it deserved. Cause I thought he got to Washington and someone who was already into his twenties for his career to take a jump the way that it did. Um, he's someone that I've always kind of looked at as, as a super underrated player. And then you stack all that on top. Then you stack on top of that fact that he's seems to be just loved by his teammates. Uh, he's great in the communities uh, that he's in, um, you know, all that stuff. And I just always kind of viewed TJ Oshie as someone who maybe doesn't get uh, quite the love. And again, he's on a team with Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, uh, Denny Kuznetsov, not only, great players, but big personality. So he's someone that kind of blends in. He's, uh, he's always been someone that I have, have really found to be, uh, an underrated guy. I like I that. Yeah. I don't like have that. a strong argument against it. The, the one thing I will say is that surprised me a little bit with that answer is when I think of underrated players, I tend to think of younger players. Yeah. And, and Oshi is very much not a younger player. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. See, like for me, it's just so hard. And again, this is just, this is me. Like, it's hard for me to, uh, for kind of the point that we, we talked about earlier with whoever it was, goalie. Oh, Haskinen. Where it's like, I, I just have a hard time over and underrating young guys. It's like, I don't know what they're going to turn into. Like, there's still so much room for them to become more or, or whatever. And so it's hard. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to view some of the young, young guys like that because I don't know. See, I, I, really I went the exact good. opposite way because <laughs> my underrated guy is Lucas Raymond hmm? in the sense that he, at the start of the season, when he started off super high, he was not underrated at all. Like, mm. obviously, he was in the forefront of the Calder race, all that. But as the season went on, I think people kind of forgot about him. Obviously, look, Trevor Zegras is amazing. Not going to take anything away from him. Uh, and then Moritz Sider really is the guy that I think kind of put Lucas Raymond on the back burner because of how good he was and playing for the same team as a rookie. Uh, that's where the conversation, he kind of started to fall off. You also had Michael Bunting's great year. Um, 
up in Toronto. So I, I do think people just kind of forgot about Raymond and he put up 57 points this year as a rookie. So it's kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was just weird to me how quickly that conversation fell off. Even, you know, I think people like Cole Caulfield, once Montreal figured their shit out, kind of started getting more attention than he did. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe underrated is the wrong word. Maybe just kind of forgotten about a little bit is, is more accurate. But yeah, that, that's where I see some underrated stuff on the younger side. Yeah. I mean, you, you see that stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we talked about that at the beginning of the year before the injury stuff started coming up. What someone just put in chat here, you know, like Bowen Byram or, you know, Alex, again, this is all very early in the season. Alex Newhook, we were saying, are these maybe guys that, that should be in that conversation with some of those rookies? Cause you know, they're, they're off to a really great start and, Byram is one that um, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. <laughs> Stay healthy. And obviously Newhook didn't have the season that everyone wanted him to, but no, I, I totally get what you're saying. You, you see those guys all the time um, that are having like very quiet, equally as elite seasons, but for some reason they just don't fade away. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't get the same love or, or, you know, it's kind of explained away somehow. Well, uh, you know, it's, Again, it, it comes down to all those things we've already referenced already, right? He plays in Detroit for Raymond's case, so that immediately knocks him down a peg. And then he's not Mo Sider. So that, so <laughs> Mo Sider kind of sucks up all the attention from, from that Detroit market, and Raymond is just kind of there in the background. Yeah. I think that's why it's a good answer. He was just kind of buried in the Detroit forward group, and I think that's an impressive rookie season. So it's not to be understated. I think that's a great option. I would not. He wasn't even in consideration. And I think that's a testament to the, the fact that he would be underrated after a 57 point season as a rookie. That's awesome. Yeah. I would throw Anton Lindell's name out there in Florida too. a guy who I was not confident in his offense at all in his draft year. 44 point year really, uh, really showed out for Florida. But I, also Florida just gets the maximum out of their forward core every year. It feels like, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. And then, like I said, then you start getting to over and underrated teams and, and uh, like seriously, two, three years ago, I, I thought the abs were a really underrated team given the way they played and, and the way that you started to see that system being bought into and stuff. Um, and, and Florida might be one of those. Cause again, Going back to what I was saying earlier about not, it's not necessarily how much attention are they getting, but when they get attention, what are people saying? And Florida's another team that even last year, uh, <laughs> Rudo, Rudo was the poster child for this. And I mean, to be honest, I kind of agreed with him. Um, you know, you like, you just look at Florida and what they get out of their forwards and, and, and that the depth that they had. And there was a lot of things, but for some reason when people talked about him, everyone was like, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. They'll still find a way to mess it up. And again, they did. So maybe people weren't underrating them. But yeah, I, th- I think you can find entire teams and entire systems and, and stuff that are underrated just the way that, uh, you know, they, 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 they use it. They come up through the system, whatever. It's a great um, point that you can definitely rate entire organizations, not just player by player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and some players end up overrated 
because they get into a really you know fortuitous system or yep. end up really underrated. See Val Nachushkin, like that was a guy who had a bunch of things had led to a certain area where no one wanted to touch him. And there was a great hockey player in there if you if you found him and put him in the right you know situations and stuff. So uh, it is funny how all of that can be tied in. If, yeah, if you know, you're talking about the right person, it's when you actually expand the the viewpoint a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, sure, <laughs> this guy might be overrated, but maybe he's overrated because he plays on Tampa Bay, right? Right. One, well, and this is actually because I just saw someone yesterday losing their mind over analytics on Twitter. I'm sure you're shocked. <laughs> really upset. You know, this isn't how you evaluate. You evaluate with your eyes and blah, blah, blah. And, and this is one of the areas that, as a guy who's, I, I, I think analytics are very valuable. I, I think you have to tie them in. As someone who's not like a, a huge, huge analytics guy, this is where the analytics come in. In my opinion, it can kind of help you sift through some of that stuff. Hey, here's a player, and that's what the Abs Pro Scouting has done very, very, very well in the last few years. Yep. And obviously, it's easy for me to nitpick a guy like Val Nachushkin because it's worked out as well as it has. That but, you one's know, as Nichushkin. obvious as it gets, basically. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you know, Nachushkin, Lekkinen, even Abe Kubel to a lesser extent, you know, those are all guys that they've looked at and said, yeah, at time their eye test can struggle a bit, but we've seen enough with our eye test that we like it. And then when we dig into the numbers, we see something really, really consistent, really, really solid, really, really whatever, pick your adjective. Um, and, and honestly, like that's, AJ and I just did a show last week uh, and we started talking about analytics a little bit. And we got into the money ball stuff after and like, that's what they were meant for. Like, how can they support you to see a layer deeper than just watching film? You have, you need to watch the film, but then can you look at something a layer deeper and say, Hey, look, we think this guy's super underrated because what they're asking, you know, they're asking TJ Oshie to be someone he's not to do something that he hasn't done his whole career. And when we look at it, we think we can do this, this, and this and get these results or, or whatever. And um, so it's just a nice little, nice little bow onto all of that of, that's where analytics come in. That's where you then go to analytics and see if it can help you see, you know, a, a layer deeper. Yep. Beyond the obvious. It, it ties back to the graphic for the show being Devon Taves because he's 28 and to get the career we've seen in the last couple of seasons out of Devon yep. Taves at 28, there has to be another layer to project what he's capable of as a stylistic cool. fit in Colorado based on where he was coming from. And I think that happens with the use of analytics and that's how he becomes a good fit in Colorado is they were able to anticipate that. Yeah. For the record, I think today Devontae is properly rated. When he joined Colorado, definitely underrated, but he just finished top 10 in Norris voting. So, yeah. Yeah. When you, when you're on a cup winning team, a lot of those guys tend to get pretty, <laughs> tend, tend to get some respect. It's a lot harder to be underrated when you just won the cup. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, then we had a comment just come in right here at the end. My, my last kind of thing, or wrapping up, but you said Fran Stoves is way overrated by apps fans. That's just kind of my Grubauer example where like, to me, Pablo Fran Stoves is kind of in that, not maybe not to the same extent because he hasn't had anywhere near the type of international success that Grubauer was having with Germany. But like Fran Stoves is in that same kind of tier. I guarantee you hundred percent. And I know this because I talked to people about this. There were over a half dozen teams that were like itching for Pablo Francois to get to unrestricted free agency 
so that they could give him a crack at at least a 1A type situation. You may be right. He may be a little bit overrated once he actually, if he gets that opportunity, but he's just one of those guys. He, it's more dreaming on the, the possibilities, in my opinion. Oh, I think an interesting part of that conversation is you specifically said overrated by Avs fans. If you look mm-hmm. nationally, I think Francois probably is over not overrated. He's probably just not talked about very much at all on a national right, scale, right. if you're being honest. Uh, so that does kind of where we started the show. Toronto media has such big pull nationally across the league that, you know, they might have more sway than the media of a team like Colorado, of a team like uh, Florida, mm-hmm. where you don't hear as much coming out of the media from those places it's harder to get those players to an overrated state league wide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, seriously, like it could be one of those things where if stuff happens this year and Frankie ends up as the number one, or when this deal is over here in a couple of years, he goes somewhere else. Like he really is someone that it's hard to over and underrate backup anything, yeah. goaltenders, quarterbacks, whatever. Um, just because until they get that full workload, you won't know. I mean, it's funny. Just, <laughs> Since that comment has come in, there's been like 18 different opinions on on who Frankie is, and he swept the Western Conference Final. I don't know. Like, he might be good. He might just be a really good backup. I just don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, and everyone's going to have their own opinion there on how good they think Pavel Francos can be. And you know, depending on how his career plays out, maybe some team will eventually give him a starting job and we'll see, or maybe that won't happen and we'll never really know. Yeah. But based on what we have, the best you can do is form your opinions. And and that's kind of where I want to end the show is under and overrated is entirely an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a general consensus opinion and that's usually, what you go off of and your, if your opinion differs, like Jesse was talking about earlier in the show, whether you think he's under or overrated, but at the end of the day, there is no statistical marker for what an under or overrated player looks like. Yeah. Over and underpaid is really the only thing that you can like concrete go on. Sure. But even, you know, even then that that could even be subjective because you could say a guy's overpaid and you talk to the team and they're like, no, we paid him that because this organization would crumble without him because he, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, yep. It's, 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 yeah, it's a great, great point to end the show, Rudo. It's, it's hard to say any of this definitive. Right. No doubt about it. Any other final thoughts or are we good? I'm good. Under overrated mascots. Wow. Gritty is appropriately rated and he's the best. That's all that matters. Wonderful. Yeah, he's phenomenal. (laughs) Everyone else Uh, has got to level up. That's all. (laughs) Everyone else needs to level up. I just wanted an excuse to talk about Gritty on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I I will say this for, for hometown Bernie. Uh, just as like a mascot, just in general, Bernie is phenomenal at games. He, he does a really good job. I, especially during some of those like dog days there in, uh, like March, uh, you know, early April and stuff like that. I, there was a lot of games where I caught myself just kind of following Bernie around. I should have uh, he does a really good job. 
it, in I, arena. It fits with the rest of the Avs talks. I was talking about goalies with Wah. Bernie's great, but he'll never live up to Howler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People will always be upset about <laughs> dog days. I didn't even think about that. Great call, AJ, in, in the chat. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, I don't know. Howler was so dope. Yep. I, I got I got our uh, Breck Brew playoff shirts for everyone in my family last year. And the first word unanimously, four family members, all four of them unanimously, the first word out of their mouth, oh, Howler. Oh, my gosh, it's Howler. Oh, Howler. It's like, yep, everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. <laughs> this is why we need the foot logo as the main logo on a jersey for the alternates for the Evs, okay? Or just bring Howler back and pull a New York Mets and have two logos and just say, F it. Do it. It's fine. Do it. <laughs> okay. On that note, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us for the episode. Have, a, have at least one pretty cool show planned for later this week, so be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that one. Should be a good time. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, we will talk to you later. <laughs>